Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. How are you, my friend? Good. It's good to see you. Thank you. You do. Pleasure. You know, something never grows old when you're up here. Hmm. You know? So, um, before I talk about the obvious, there was something that I was thinking about this morning, and that was what you guys did in the off-season. Because you had to work. You had to go get jobs and... That's the only year I miss working. <laughs> I had to do the Bob Hope show and stuff and I got home too late for my job. You did the Bob Hope show? Yeah. That's that, a big deal back then. Well, it was then. Wow. I got more money for that than probably playing ball. How much money did you get? <laughs> 7500 that show. She made 7500 on the Bob Hope show? show. Yeah. How much money did you get paid for the season? I forgot. <laughs> wasn't a lot. They owed me money. <laughs> did you get a raise after you pitched that perfect game a for the next one. season? Not much. No, I didn't. They were pretty tight. <laughs> George Weiss, our general manager, I think he thought he owned the ball club. <laughs> no, he was pretty tough, but it, it was a little difficult. But I had a bonus in my contract. If I had a good year, I'd get a $1,500 bonus. I went to him, no. I went to Casey, he sent me back to him. No, I forgot about it, never got it. So technically the Yankees still owe you $1,500. Yeah. As a side note. But uh, now he's gone. I have to talk to Jenny about it, I guess. <laughs> I think the Yankees would probably be good for it, but it'd be probably hard to prove. But um, uh, I get the contract. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like that. Did you? Did, but on the other off seasons, like what were some of your no, part-time jobs? No, I worked jobs? every. Like, every, what, we, every what would you do? Post office for about five years. Pipe and supply company. Lumber. Carpet. Uh, what else did I do? I didn't bartend or anything like that. Couldn't afford it. <laughs> and who knows your teammates will be all over you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, who were your closest friends on that team? You know, what a great team, obviously. You guys were on a pretty well, good run. We all worked hard for each other. And we saw, took care of a lot of problems internal ourselves. We didn't need their help. Because it was serious, too. You may have some bad outings in a row and you feel sort of down, dapper down, and you don't do good. And we tried to cheer those guys up and root for them and help them any way they, we could. And the coaches, we were like family. And who, who was your closest in that, in that Hank Bauer. You loved Hank. Great teammate. Hank uh, sort of took over. The new guys and the rookies, you know, and <laughs> taught them how to act in New York, you know, to dress and everything. Because, you know, we're not used to the big city. Uh, played here only two, t two years before. And it was just a, a funny, great feeling to join the Yankees. You know, we didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And we worked hard for what we got. And it worked out pretty good. No question. 
Was there anybody that, you know, kind of took you under their wing besides Hank in that locker room or that you were able to kind of get away? I didn't want nobody to hang. So you were really a little bit of a loner. I, I still am somewhat. But I, I do different things than people to have fun. Okay. So you really, that was a close-knit team. A lot of drinking back then, a lot of hanging out. You weren't in that little... Oh, I found my own places to drink, develop my own friends. Ate my own food, went okay. frog gigging at night. Really? Yeah, I went frog gigging in New York, New Jersey, all over. What, 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 what is that? I'm sorry. What? Frog gigging? Yeah. After the frogs, we eat them. <laughs> you ate frogs? Yeah, and they were pretty good size. And I assume you cooked them. Hmm. My wife did all the cooking. Okay. Take me through the day. Now you're in the World Series. You, were, you, you take me through that World Series and where your mindset was. Well, First, were you feeling pretty healthy? Feeling pretty good going in that oh, World Series? Oh, I was feeling great <clears throat> until uh, after the second game. I screwed that up pretty good. <clears throat> what happened? And well, <clears throat> Arthur Richmond, who used to write for the New York Mirror, and his brother Milt is an all-time famous writer. We went out low-keyed. I got in bed before midnight. You know, usually you don't even start before midnight. Well, we had a pizza and beer and I went to bed. You know, I got an early sleep and I walked to the ballpark. Of course, I didn't know I was gonna pitch that game either until I got to the park. Who's the one where you pitched the perfect one? Yeah. So you gotta have a pizza pizza the night before. Well, we went out One and drink pizza. or, I mean, was no, it No, we one? went out and had a pizza, a couple of beers. Couple. That's all. All right. But that was an early night for you. It's the only time we had, really, to have any fun, you know, by ourselves. Because, you know, we had no off days in those days because we played seven in a row in Brooklyn because that your neighbors, you know. So, hell, the World Series was over the 10th. Yeah. Now they're probably not even starting the World Series. They're going <laughs> to freeze out somewhere. But... Not our business. Yeah. So you manners. walk over to the ballpark. Yeah. Thinking you're just another normal day. You weren't thinking about pitching, were you? No. I screwed up. I didn't think. I knew I'd be in the bullpen. I knew I'd be available for work, work no matter what. But I didn't know I was going to start, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, seeing that ball in my locker. That's know. how you knew? Huh? How'd you know you were starting? Frank Rossetti, our third base coach, put the ball in your shoe, in your locker. And, you know, it, uh, well, I got in there and saw that. My eyes probably got 10 times big because Hank and Moose are watching me. They knew because they were in there earlier, too. And I got it. I took one big gulp and swallow. I said, please don't screw this one up. And it, it worked out all right. <laughs> so were you... A little prayer before that game? I said prayers more than once. <laughs> now, what's the conversation with you and Yogi? Wasn't a lot, wasn't a big talker, Yogi. I didn't talk to him the whole game. He didn't talk to me. We didn't want to, why screw up a good thing? <laughs> I'm trying to figure we out couldn't if understand I get that going anyway. to my wife, though. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, but, <laughs> 
concept, but um, <laughs> literally no conversation before the game, a little bit? No, Nothing. Do you feel good in warm-ups? I felt super all the time. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good were you in warm-ups? 11. So you were feeling great. Yes, I was. Wow. So you in go those on the days mound. we warmed out in front of the dugout, you know. Charlie Silvera was the bullpen catcher, and and I had fun with him while we were warming up. Of course, you you got to get loose and get ready. Not so much mentally, that, that comes. But uh, beautiful day, and I felt good, and that was I was satisfied. Then, more happy after, yes. <laughs> Eat anything before the game? Oh, I probably had a... I used to walk down early and grab a couple of comic books at one of the stores and a sandwich to get me through the day. Yeah. But once the game started, is everybody like ignoring you? Is it kind of weird or did, were they just? Well, not until <clears throat> end of the seventh inning, I said to Mickey, he come in close to me and I was having a smoke. And I, so you're, I, sm oh, you're smoking a cigarette in the middle of the game? Yeah, with the dugout, we could hide in there. <laughs> anyway, he come in. This is the seventh inning, and I told him, I said, Mick, look at the scoreboard. Two mornings to go, you know. He didn't say nothing. He walked away and left me. Nobody would talk to me. So I sat in the corner, nobody around me. It's like I had the plague. And that made me more uncomfortable because it's not an ordinary situation. You know, you're having fun, Nicole. You know, boy, isn't she nicer, you know? <laughs> no, I'm serious. We're, having, we're trying to have some fun and, you know, do our job. But uh, I got through that, but that was a little nerve-wracking. Was there any inspiration in the uh, stadium, you know, as far as the fans, anybody that kind of no. brought your attention that no. day? Were you that locked in? Nope. I now, had some friends come from home to the game one guy told me after the game, he said, he stood up and said, buy the house a drink. <laughs> he, Charlie Graham, he's a goofball anyway. <laughs> was there a tough out on that Brooklyn Dodger team that you, you like, you almost feel like they got the better of you, but maybe just missed you on that day? It's a good no, lineup on that they, Brooklyn team. Every one of those guys was tough. I mean, uh, and of course, I couldn't have done it without Yogi. Yogi knew those guys quite well because they had played against them before. I had not. So that's why I said, why mess it up with Yogi? You know, everything was working so good. Who was the tough out in that lineup, though? Oh, they all were. Was there one? Was there one? Well, two or three of the mistakes I made, the defense took care of it. I mean, the best play of the game was Andy Carey. That was in the start of the second inning. He had a line drive to Andy Carey, knocked it down, and rolled to McDougal, and threw Jackie out of first base. Boom, boom. And then it was pretty easy for me the rest of the game. Hot Mickey ran Hodges' the ball down, but he still could, he could run like a deer. I mean, Mick, it was beautiful to watch him that open space, catch that ball, you know, up here. He didn't catch it down. He caught it up here. Hodges hit that ball. That ball would have been a home run in the other park today. That's true. That was the 463. Yeah. You know, you go out and go get that. Just keep running. No, I knew he was going to catch that. Was Mantle maybe one of the greatest 
Was it one of the greatest all-around players you'd ever seen at that point, or even still to this day, would he still be a superstar in today's oh, game? I think in his total situation that he really wished he would have taken better care of himself. I mean, as far as that, he couldn't drink for shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he just drank too much. Uh, of course, he hurt his leg, you know, when, what, 51 playing right field when Dimaggio's last year, he stepped in that drain and drain. it ruined his leg all through his life. But in his in his prime, though, when he had everything working, one of the great players you've ever seen, or? Well, I, he swung hard enough. He was trying to hit a ball 600 foot every time at bat. You know, it was fun to see him miss one because you could feel the wind all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> He, but he, he, you know, and also, when he hurt his knee, you'd see when he swing that grince, like he well, was a pain, too. But, uh, you know? He gave it a hundred and some percent, you know, and it was a pleasure to watch him do that and to be with him, you know. I played against Mick, you know, too. I know what he could do. It was a little spooky, but he hit balls, I couldn't believe, farther than these guys today. Really? Way much. He'd be a superstar today, Mickey Mantle, no question? Oh, I said there's a lot of them that would or could be or would. Yeah. Yes, they would. How important is it, how important is the catcher? You were at David Cohn's perfect game, if I'm not mistaken, right, with Yogi? Yeah. Yep. So you, you've, seen two, you've seen at least a couple of those, but well, how important is that catcher, really? I mean, when Probably 110% because he, catcher's got the view of the whole field. The whole field, he's looking. He knows how the hitters have hit before, and they, they, the infielders used to pick up Yogi's sign and relay it to the outfield so you know how you should move maybe a couple steps this way or a couple of this way. In all situations, Yogi's the manager on that field, period. I don't care who it's catching, he runs the ball club. And you let them do that, and they'll do a hell of a good job. You give them that confidence and stuff. Yogi wouldn't—he didn't take anything from, Yogi, or from Case anyway. You know, he didn't—he'd sass each other back a little bit. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> now, was Casey a, a, a big Don fan or not? Well, so a lot of people had problems. With I Casey. did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. So I pinch it a lot. You pinch hit. Yeah. You're a good hitter. Well, I pinch hit 60 some times for him. And then uh, I'd go in the bullpen and try to hide from him. You didn't want to get a bat? No, I didn't want to do that. I never got paid for it anyway. <laughs> Either. But uh, all in all, we worked pretty hard together and say we were like family and it was more enjoyable that way than to be indifferent, you know, and everybody hide in the corner or cry or some shit, bullshit. Get out of it right away <laughs> and get back to normal. So you win some games, you know. There's other clubs fighting us, and we had to be aware of that. Uh, and the coaches were outstanding. We didn't have that many injuries. You know, why so, why so little injuries then and so many now? I don't understand what the hell that brother, they're eating too many hamburgers or something. <laughs> but that, I don't know. They come out of spring training on the disabled list? Why? 
What do they think they're down there for, for God's sake, to get in shape? They can't even bunt a runner over. I don't know. I don't know. I wish there was an answer I could give you on that one. But uh, Last question. Yeah. How, how big a deal is it? You played on a few teams, you know, to be a Yankee. What, what does it mean to wear those pinstripes? Well, you know, when you look back on it. I came from two bad clubs. I didn't help a lot either. But uh, to come to be a Yankee, and if I made a mistake, I got behind a little bit. I knew we were going to score some runs, and it gave me a little more confidence, per se. And I had good luck doing that with those guys, and I helped more than one way. But we all were pretty close, and I enjoyed that because uh, you don't want to be a stranger to your own self. You want to enjoy it, too. I I enjoy I enjoyed watching the other guys, you know, hit us too. Especially Williams, Ted, best hitter, period. Was he a tough out for you? Hmm? Was Ted Williams a tough out for you? I had good luck with him. I did. Why? I don't know. I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> Is that the only way to approach a hitter like oh, that? You gotta challenge those guys too like he'd do everybody else. The guy that gave me trouble was the little ping hitters. Like Kept following the ball, following the ball. Well, Nellie Fox, Harvey Keene was good at that. You know, those guys had to worry about getting on for the big tonkers. But uh, Ted was the best here, obviously. Well, see, what was bad about that, if he'd take a pitch, it'd be a ball. The umpires gave him the benefit. He umpired his own damn game. <laughs> Shit. And I didn't like that. You gotta, you gotta challenge those guys too, like you would everybody else. Because he, you know, huh? he had such a good well, eye, though. He had such a good eye. I know, but and that good. Was Stan usual? <laughs> you, you, you ever pitch against Stan? Or? Yes, I pitch against Stan. He bet a thousand off me, sucker. I could have got one more time to be five hundred. But you put him. Do <laughs> <laughs> you put him up? You put him with a Ted Williams? Oh that? yes, yeah, yeah. Why? He just had it all. You know, that crazy stance of his. Uh, I, I was a little friendly with him later, but he was a, huh, you couldn't find a better, you know, person than that to have me behind you playing with, period. Yeah. yeah. I would do some questions from the audience, sure. see what they've got going on here. Um, who's handling that? Uh, just anybody. Just anybody? Yeah. All right, we'll start with uh, right up here. Yeah. Hi, it's uh, great to be, with, to be here with you today. I was wondering, um, when you think back about the perfect game, do you think of it as, you know, just you at your absolute best, you're, you know, reaching your absolute potential? Do you think of it as a, a fluke or just a lucky break? And after that, I mean, did the way you perceived how you did in a game, even if you just gave up one run or two runs, gave up, you know, one a game or whatever, did you feel like, well, that was great, but it wasn't as good as I've done before? Did it change the, your perception of what was good for you? Now, I didn't change anything. I still kept the no wind up. I started that, and it made me more comfortable because it made me pay attention to the catcher, and I had everybody sort of off on timing. I didn't change a bit. I had some decent years, you know, not after I left. We lost, you know, when I was with the Giants, we lost to the Yankees, won nothing in the seventh game. Uh, but I didn't change my way. In fact, uh, 
the umpires the following season had to go around to all the clubs and tell them how they could throw the ball. <laughs> you know, I just stood the damn mound through it. I didn't take a stretch even if I want to. Well, what made you think of that, though? Why? why I don't why know. I'm, well, they say come up with that? I'm a comic book reader. They say the ghouls gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. But I just felt comfortable with it. Okay. And it worked. Now, it didn't work for everybody. But it improved my control, except for that second game in the series. But I messed that up. But I stuck with it, and it helped me you know, get through the rest of my career. Sounds like that second game mess up, probably what got you on even a higher level is you don't want to mess up twice. Well. Probably yeah, took you to a higher knows. level of focus. <laughs> I'd have been kicked right? out of town. I mean, sometimes yeah. losing can bring the best out in you. Sometimes. Right? A question up there. Yeah. I was 11 years old and saw that game live, and I will never forget it. And I have wow. two questions that I would like to ask. You watched it on TV, or you were there? A little too much. Yeah. Who did the game? Uh, was that Vince Scully? Or? I don't recall. I just oh, okay. remember just being mesmerized. And I have just two questions. The final pitch, what happened to the ball? The ball? The ball. Well, Yogi Berra had it in his I, I was glad. It seemed like the world left my shoulders, okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, babe called strike. He half swung at that ball. Yogi got it and run, jumped on me. He had the ball in his hand, and he jumped on it. He held on to it. He gave it to me in the clubhouse. He probably didn't want it because he didn't know how much it was worth <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but I, no, he saved the ball for me. I had the ball. And then the other thing is, when he jumped into your arms and bear hugged you, legs wrapped around you, what did he say to you, and what did you say to him? Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing. Which is thing somewhat that, typical yogi, I would say. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to do and didn't, I didn't get a chance to, I wanted to go into the umpire's room and just say thank you, period. But I got so busy in that clubhouse, I didn't know what was going on. Because I did not know it was a perfect game. Until I went and somebody told me in the clubhouse. Because the only time it happened before that was Charlie Robertson. That was like 30-some years before that. And look at today, the they come like two or three a year, you know. But uh, that's sort of the general picture that I felt. Wow. You know, a lot of things go through your mind, but, you know, pretty quick and back and forth. I was a little confused. <laughs> Next question, yeah. Uh, we're happy to be here. We brought three generations to hear from you. Um, and I'm just curious... What does this mean to your whole life? It's, a, it's obviously a major sports event, but to you as a young man, then how did this carry through your whole life? And, and, and well, <clears throat> I was sort of taught not to give up. You don't have to give up. You keep working and working and working. Someday something good is going to happen. You don't have to be in sports. It can be marriage, baby, something like that. But you can't give up. Don't. Keep working and work. It makes you work harder. Who cares? It's fun. I love to run, you know, like in spring training. That's what I'm there for, you know. And I used to work out a month before that coming to spring. So I would get rid of a lot of the aches and pains then and wouldn't carry them to spring camp. But uh, we were taught that way. 
You're going to have some bad days. Hopefully there's more good than bad. Of course, that depends on you, and you've got to be ready for everything. You never know what's going to happen if you play long enough. I mean, good or bad, you got to take it together. When you look back, do you feel you were ready? Do you feel like you, because of that mindset, you were ready for that moment? I didn't know then. I guess what but I'm saying is, wait, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. At the end of the day, there's no such thing as a big game. Did you take on that game kind of the way you almost took on any other game? Yes, because, you know, you could lose the goddamn pennant the first day. Those games all count. You can lose the pennant the first day of the season. And you can't play catch-up. You know, it's nice to stay on top. The one year, I forget what year it was. It might have been 56 or 7. We had a big lead, you know, the Yankees. And Casey gave a lot of the guys extra days off. And then when we come back again, it was like going to spring training again, coming, you know, trying to get in shape in a couple of weeks because we had a big lead. But we did it. But uh, I thought that was a little too much time off for everybody. You know, you've got to play a little bit, even though you're sort of half trying, but you still got to be out there and work a little bit to keep the body and mind a little sharper than it would be doing nothing, I think. And that's the way we felt. Thank you for being here today. I was um, at the stadium last weekend, and I've been uh, many old-timers days before. I've seen you out there, but this old-timers day, for some reason, the ovation didn't end for you. And I just was wondering what that must have felt like being out there, seeing everybody standing. Everybody was up for you. It I, was amazing. I didn't like it. Because <laughs> I didn't believe it. I didn't think that would happen. Because I'm a little slow walking, and I had a hard time turning around and getting my hat off and thanking people. You know, it just, uh, those things to me aren't supposed to happen to me. And I didn't know how to take it. I honestly God didn't, but I got a lot of compliments you know, later on in the day, and I still have. And it's, it's a good feeling. You deserve it. Thank you. grows every year if another one doesn't happen in the World Series. What was it like then? Was there that much, oh my God, there was a perfect game in the World Series? Or was it just, we won the game and hey, I had a, you didn't even know it was a perfect game. So well, winning the game was more important than my personal feats to me. Right. Those things, just maybe they're added gravy or for a person who does that or what. I. I couldn't answer that question, really. It's just, uh, I wonder why it ever happened to me. I ask myself that every day. You know, if the old man upstairs liked me or doesn't like me or whatever, you know. Uh, it's something that I never expected. I did not. And I don't know how to handle some things. I don't. Because I had a tear in my eye. I get a little spooky. Thank you. Uh, two more quick ones, yeah. If, if it wasn't for baseball, what do you think your occupation would have been? Mm. Gigolo. 
<laughs> Something easy. <laughs> Of what now again? Aaron Judge. The uh, right Oh, I don't know him. Oh, you haven't been following. No, I, uh, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware. The other guy is the one that everybody talks to me about at home. That ca the catcher. Garrett Sanchez. Or whatever you know. He that was a home run last year. <laughs> the quickest hit, hit for a while. And then uh, I talked to Andrew, my agent and stuff, and they didn't expect Judge to be that good right now. I'm happy. I am. He's with you know the club I love. I think he's probably got as much potential at this stage of the game that anybody had ever played, really. And if he keeps up his health and stays in shape, he'll he'll probably break some records. You all know that. And I root for him, sis. Final th thoughts. Uh, just playing back in that era, who you played with, on your team, against. Um, do people really was that really the, was that really what's made baseball into what it is today? Well, that's a toughie. I think we've all contributed the players as much as possible. Some more than others. They got the limelight, they handled it decent. Some turned out to be good managers, better managers than others, and weren't good players. But they were students of the game, and they had a, the ability to relay and they make those guys suck that information up and keep it and perform it off to everybody. It takes a lot of work, faith, and you got to trust somebody, so you might as well be part of it and have some fun doing it. Thank you, Don. It's been great.